Coming up on Guys Talking Sports, we talk about the NBA Finals with the Milwaukee Bucks being now crowned the NBA champions. What's next for them? What's next for Phoenix? What's next for all the NBA teams? We're going to talk about that as well. We're going to talk about that. Um, we're also going to talk about Texas and Oklahoma from reaching out to the SEC about possibly joining them and what that in turn means for all the other conferences in the NCAA. So we're going to talk also about that. And we're also going to talk about the NFL dropping a policy for um, about forfeits if the game is canceled due to unvaccinated players that catch COVID. So we got a lot to talk about. We're also going to talk about the Olympics. And we're going to talk about a quick note about that being in Tokyo. Um, so we got a lot to discuss. My co-host Ace joined me on Guys Talking Sports. And that begins right now. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another edition of Guys Talking Sports. We appreciate all the love, support out there. Really do. Um, without any further ado, we got lots to talk about. Um, fortunately, it's just two of us tag teaming tonight because we're missing our, our, our third, not well, I was going to say our third stringer, but our, our ace in the hole, um, Smooth. Um, right now, he's celebrating, enjoying his birthday. But So want to give a quick shout out and happy birthday to our brother Smooth. You know, enjoy your, your day off, but we'll hold it down, keep the fort going, and we got a lot to talk about, so we're going to get right into it. I got my other co-host with me, Ace. So what's going on, sir? How's everything going? How's how's everything in general, I should say? Man, everything's good, man. I can't complain at all. You know, sorry, missed you guys yesterday. <clears throat> it was a much-needed day of rest, but we couldn't go more than 24 hours without kind of addressing the issues that's going on out there. So we're, we're fully charged and we're ready to get to, you know, get going. So let's just jump right into it. Yeah. Now, nah, I mean, trust and believe we all need that, that break. Um, we all need that day off. So, um, I, but it was well, it was well worth it and we're here now. So let's get right into it. And of course, no other way to start then the NBA Finals concluding with the Milwaukee Bucks are now the new NBA champions, um, defeating the, false, the Phoenix Suns in six games, um, winning the series 4-2. Um, Giannis is now the MVP of the Finals and now your NBA champion. So let me get your thoughts on everything that happened as far to where we are right now with the Milwaukee Bucks being now crowned the new NBA champions. First off, I got to give props to Milwaukee. Being down 0-2, and then coming back and sweeping four in a row, that's difficult. Especially taking that game five in Phoenix. Again, that was really difficult. Uh, Giannis played great. You know, those who are great will rise to the occasion. Sure. First couple games, Milwaukee was nervous. Uh, obviously, it gets goes to show that they were the better team. Um more seasons, more vets, just somebody who was the, – the moment didn't seem too big, even though the moment seemed big in the first two games, especially with, you know, Giannis uh, hurting his knee in the previous round and coming back and just being a Hercules and <clears throat> just showing that he's this – he's the Greek freak. He's just different on a whole different level as far as this re rehabilitation, this is his body, this coming back and healing – quicker and faster and just being the best the best player in the universe at that time left standing 
in the NBA. Um, Got to give props to Phoenix. You know, feel sorry for Chris Paul. Came so close, but yet suffered yet another defeat. Uh, went up 2-0 in a playoff game. Uh, tipped the hats of Phoenix, you know, but the better team prevailed. Uh, it was a great series, very entertaining. Had some ups, had some downs, had some very, very big, iconic moments. Giannis's block. Game four, uh, Giannis's uh, Ali dunk in game five, Giannis 50 point game in game six, uh, Middleton just being solid, Drew, Drew Holiday not playing his best, but defensively locking down Chris Paul, hitting shots when he needed to hit shots, just being effective when he needed to be effective. He wasn't the score that. They were hoping he could have been to be that third piece, but he proved to be enough. And, you know, just can't say enough about Bobby Portis. Can't say enough about, uh, about uh, what's my man, uh, the twin, the Brooke. Son of Brooke Lopez. You know, everybody did and played their part and did what they had to do to make sure that they came away with a championship. But, it wouldn't, it wouldn't be possible at all without Giannis. And he is truly, I'm not saying he's the face of the NBA because he's not there yet, but you can't tell me he's not top five. He's. <laughs> yeah, right now, there's talk saying that Giannis is the, the best player in the NBA right now. Uh, I mean, KD and some other folks might have some something to say about that. Because, <laughs> I mean, let's be, let's be realistic here. If, if, if uh, if uh, Kyrie didn't go down, we wouldn't be talking about Milwaukee being in the, the, the championship. I can't say without it. I can't say definitively, nor can I sit there and say I feel confident that Milwaukee would have came out with that series because KD kept him in the damn game by himself both times the last couple games when Kyrie wasn't there. So. You'd have to think that if Kyrie was there, something it would be kind of different. I can't say that Kyrie and KD would have won a championship versus Phoenix. I don't know. But versus Milwaukee, I can't say yes or no. So I I I I I, I, I agree with you. First things first. Um I, Milwaukee, this is well deserved. To be honest, I was rooting for either team at this stage because overall, everyone at this stage, first of all, don't tell me that the Lakers need to be in this or uh, New York market teams need to be in it for this to be a, a watchable championship series. This was very enjoyable. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of people, for whatever reason, keep thinking that there's not enough star power or because these are local market, um, not big market teams. Milwaukee and Phoenix put on a great series no matter what. So that let's just get that like out the way. Um, I think that this was a great series. To be honest, I will watch it again. Um, I kind of wish that it went seven games um, because it would just been much more enjoyable to watch. But overall, the best team won, which was Milwaukee. They had the best depth, um, and their role players did exactly what they were supposed to do. Phoenix was a little bit inexperienced because even though with Chris Paul, Devin Booker, and DeAndre Ayton, um, there wasn't really enough, um, I should say, veterans that would um, help carry that team. And I think the – I mean – some injuries played a part of them as well. 
But I think overall, Milwaukee just had the depth to carry the series. And when Giannis playing the way he is, I mean, he was basically unstoppable. I mean, there was nobody that can really guard him at that point. So when he's at that level and he was playing the way that he played throughout this series, it was a difficult series for Phoenix, regardless. Um, so with Chris Middleton and Drew Holiday just giving enough what they needed to do was just icing on the cake. Kudos to P.J. Tucker for being that defensive lockdown. Um, big shout out to Brooke Lopez because he, as a former Brooklyn Net, it's good to see him getting a ring. So it's pretty much deserved. And he is still the all-time um, Nets player in point. So keep factor that in. Um, but kudos to him as well. Um, kudos to the, the city of Milwaukee because Milwaukee needed with everything that's going on um, with uh, George, um, with everything that's been going on, like with the rides and everything. I think that city of Milwaukee definitely needed something like this. So I, I kudos to them um, for doing what they needed to do. Kudos to Giannis to say that at this point, this is the reason why he stayed with the team because it, this championship is much more sweeter. Um for him saying what he said about the super teams and everything like that, I thought that was also a benefit because it gives people hope that you don't have to have a super team in order to win a championship season. I mean, win the NBA championship, just have the right pieces in place. So um, I, I get it, even though technically he does have a three in Middleton and Drew Holiday, but it wasn't the fact that he had to put it together. They came to him right. and Middleton and um was already there. So it was just adding Drew Holiday. But overall, it did what it needed to do to get them the championship. Now I agree with you that if Brooklyn was fully healthy, who who knows what would have happened? Um, but at this point, it's all about health. And Milwaukee won because of health. For Giannis to be able to come back after that injury, like that shows. Like he, his heart and willingness to play, to compete for the NBA championship, because he knew that that window was now. He knew that that opportunity for him was now. So I, I kudos for him for not like saying, you know what, I'm going to ride it and wait till next year. He was like, look, whatever needs to happen, I need to make sure I'm back on this, on the floor. And he did what he needed to do. So I give Milwaukee a lot of cre credit for persevering um, throughout everything that happened. Um, because they was still, they was down 0-2, not just in this series, but in the Brooklyn series as well, and made it so that they could win the series, both of them. So um, I kudos to them. Um, I'm kind of puzzled the fact that they're still not the top team in the East going in the next year, even though with Brooklyn being healthy, because truth be told, Brooklyn is not going to keep the same squad that they have. So I'm very curious to see what they're going to do next year. I think that overall, this does save Budenhauser's job. Because he was definitely in that hot seat. Yeah. So, to be honest, I, now that I mention it, I don't know if it really does save his job. Um, I'm curious to see what they're going to do. If they do offer an extension, it's well-deserved. If they don't, it, I'll be puzzled. Um, but he was definitely in the hot seat before this. I think, so, I think, they, I think they'll offer him at least two years. Uh, uh, two years? Yeah. I, I think that's, that's reasonable considering – the path was made a little bit easier for them once Kyrie went down. So he might get two years, but should get half that to Kyrie. Right. <laughs> That's right. Because if he needs any more money. I know, right? <laughs> um I agree with what you said. Uh bottom line is it's it's refreshing to see 
somebody come out and say, I don't need to join forces with XYZ to win a championship. It's funny because before we logged in, I was watching Mod Inside. I guess it's a new thing on ESPN2. Mm-hmm. He had Charles Barkley on there. And he was talking about how when he was in college and he went to try to try out for the Olympics, he recognized that Michael Jordan was the best player he ever saw. And they were talking about how back in his day, he's not knocking the players now, but like nobody would sit there and try to form a super team because they're trying to knock off Mike. Like the hell with that. We want the honor to say my team was the team that knocked off Mike. And it's refreshing because you don't hear people talking about that in sports, period, like that anymore. So it would be cool if other basketball players would sit there and take, you know, uh, take that, that same mantra. But unfortunately, you know, they feel as though, you know, we're friends. Oh, friends should play with friends. Like, nah, we could be friends off the court, but dude, in between these lines, man, I'm with Philly. You would, you would, you with Chicago. I'm, I'm Charles. You're Mike. I am not trying to join you, man. I'm trying to knock you on your ass and I'm trying to win. <laughs> and I missed that in sports. I missed I missed that era of basketball because it wasn't nobody trying to join no other damn super team. Everybody's like, look. If Mike is going to go down, it's because I'm going to be that dude. Or my team and myself is going to be the people who did the reason why Mike didn't get his championship. And it just goes to show how dominant Mike was. And it's just good to show, it's good to see that a small market team with a manufactured big three, a Chris Middleton who I would say, was, I, I don't want to say he went undrafted, but he was went through the G League. Mm-hmm. He, you know, he had his struggles. He eight years with Giannis. <laughs> they pretty much grew up together on that team. You bring in Drew Holiday. He was doing work in New Orleans, but obviously, you know, it didn't click for him this year. But it was just enough, and I guarantee next year they're going to be a lot better because they would have had a year. They would have understand each other. They would understand their playing styles. And they didn't break the bank to sit there and create this team. So they had the flexibility to go out there and really get some solid bench players. And I hope some of these other young stars see that and be like, you know what? Giannis was right. Maybe because I'm a mellow, I'm a ball. I could sit there and lead Charlotte, my team, to championship if I can get the right players drafted or whoever to come in and we could do the same thing. You know what I'm saying? I would love to see Dame stay in Portland, but it just ain't going to work. <laughs> that, you, you, Dame was the, the, the <laughs> first thing that came to my mind when you right. Just ain't going to work there. You know what I'm saying? Um, but I hope if he does get traded, I hope he doesn't go to a scenario where he's in a, he's like, really? I would love to see him go to the Knicks. Because technically, even though Julius Randle had an all-star year. Julius Randle only had one all-star year in his entire career. So it's not like he is that dude. He needs to show that for two and three years in order to be considered to be that great guy. And R.J. Barrett, he could be great. He's shown flashes of being great, but he's not great yet. So I can see, I can see how a Knicks can kind of transform in that because it's not a true big three. 
They just got two other big names. I mean, I'm I'm sorry. I I just don't see Dane wanting to do that because of the simple fact that would be a step back because of the young team that they are. Um, mm-hmm. I could see like I I just for what I, that's like really taking a step back because now he has to teach that team the grittiness the. To like, yo, we gonna do this, you know, we got you gotta fight hard all the time. Mm-hmm. I don't see Dame trying to take that step back. If Dame tries to get traded, I could see him getting traded to a team that's even on the same par with him, or that would elevate him if or elevate that team if he goes to a different team. Like, truth be told, I could see him fit that scenario in Philly because Philly has what he needs to to basically put him over the top. Like if they did some type of trade with um, Dame Leonard and Ben Simmons, like that would put Philly over the top without question because you have Dame, Seth, Tobias Harris, and Joel Embiid. Whoever you put at the three at this point would be irrelevant because that's a much deeper team than at this point. I could see that where Dame would be like, okay, I'm ready, I'm cool to go there because that just put Philly was just the number one team. That would elevate them to like championship or bus mentality. So I would think that that would be something that he would look for. I don't I don't see him doing something like the Knicks or anything in that level. I don't see him like Knicks or Indiana, um, Boston, eh, maybe Boston, um, if any, if worst case scenario. But I don't see him going anywhere Knicks down that where the team was at at that particular point because the Knicks are too, they have too many young talent. Mm-hmm. Julius Randle and RJ Barrett. Yes. They're groomed. I mean, Julius Randle's an all-star period. Um, RJ Barrett is a star in the making. So the rest of the team though, I don't think will be enough to convince Dame Leonard. Like that's, this is where I would go. I'd be kind of shocked if he did, but I don't see the rest of the team being at selling point where I'd be like, all right, if I come there, I'm instantly make them a championship team. Like, I don't see that happening. So I I think Dame is going to really think about it if he does want to be moved. Um, but it's a good possibility that he'll stay in Portland too. So, yeah. But um, getting back to Milwaukee, I think that – I know that people are saying right now that Brooklyn still is the number one team out of the East next year, but I don't see that. I still see Milwaukee – and. I'm being a Brooklyn Nets fan. I still see Milwaukee as that team to beat because they have a lot more chemistry there. Um, they prove that they can weather the storm. So until otherwise, yes, Brooklyn has the talent, but Milwaukee has the chemistry. And I think that overall and the defense, until Brooklyn does something as far as with their roster is concerned, Milwaukee has more of the depth at this stage and they have better defense. And for that, those are the keys to winning the championship. So even if Kevin Durant got them to a seven game series, I don't know what's a full healthy team, the way it was construction uh, constructed. I don't know. It would have went either way at this stage. So I agree with you on that because coming back next year, Milwaukee would have been this would have been a season team. I doubt they lose too much, uh, too much attrition. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's almost like Brooklyn is starting to learn over from day one because they only played but a handful of games together. Correct. So it's like they got to learn to play together. They got to learn to do X, Y, Z. 
So yeah, yeah, I can see what you're talking about. I can see in the end, Brooklyn gelling, you know, after 20 games, and then they just kind of go on a tear. But yes, preseason wise, I, I agree with you. Milwaukee should be number one, and then just see how the chips fall after that. But yeah. I, I, it's a foregone conclusion unless, no, unless Miami comes back and plays to the form that they did in the bubble. Um, Philly does a. Either Ben Simmons comes back as a change man, and it's next thing you know, he's just shooting lights out, or they go out there and get a trade. I still think it's Milwaukee, Brooklyn, Philly. Curious to see what Boston is going to do with the draft and if they're going to make any trades, considering they got rid of Kemba Walker. Not to say that, not to say the old boy. That's there now. I can't think of his name. In uh, Boston, Young Gunner. Uh, I know who you're talking about. Uh, yeah, I can't think of his name right now. Yeah. Um, but. You talking about the guard or are you talking about Jason Tatum? Tatum, Tatum. Oh, yes. okay. I'm curious to see if Charlotte's going to be able to take the next step. They should be able to. I think Charlotte should be a, a playoff game. And Atlanta, we cannot sleep on Atlanta anymore. Oh, no. No, no, no. I, to be honest, I, I, I know they're going to run it back. I'm very curious to see what they do with the offseason because right now John Collins is a restricted free agent. So I got to see whether they're going to keep him or not. If they keep him, then I can see them running it back. But I got to see what they do in the offseason first. To be honest, I got to see what majority of the teams do in the offseason. Um, that's going to be very important to see exactly if they take a step up or they take a step back. Um, but I do want to say this about um, the comment you made in regards to um, um, people like super teams and um, teams um, um, like players keep staying with the same teams. Um, yeah, I get what you're saying about back in the day in regards to like everybody wanted to beat Jordan. They didn't want to join other teams to play against Jordan. Um, but I will say this because back in the day, it wasn't the players didn't have as much control as they do now. Um, so with the players having as much control as they do now, the teams are letting them. They have a voice of everything at this point. They have a voice when the teams choose a coach. They have a voice now when teams choose a GM or even an assistant coach or what who they want coaching them or who they want them to play against. Um, people who they want to trade for. People like the players nowadays are running the league. So if the players right now are running the league and and they're not happy, they're gonna do something about it. They're gonna be like, well, if I'm not happy with this team, I want to leave. Or if we could be better if we brought this player aboard. So they have a lot more say than they did back in the day with Jordan. Like, like you said, everybody had that mindset back in the day of we want to beat Jordan. But now everybody's saying, like, what am I going to do to win an NBA championship? What is best for me? And I think that's really where the the, the, the gap is, the, the lack of um, differences, but actually the differences between the players of Jordan's generation and the players of today. It's like, we're trying to do the best we can to get to the same level where Jordan is. We want to get those same amount of rings. So I don't know about you, but I'm willing to do whatever it takes. If that means leaving the team that I've been with for the past 10 years, then so be it. 
Because truth be told, those team, those same teams that you're loyal to is going to turn around and trade you without a moment's hesitation. So it's not more of what the team – when Jordan was there, it was what the teams can benefit from. But now it's like what the players can benefit from. And now since it's like that, that's why we have these super teams. That's why all these – you know, the players are basically running the asylum. And I'm not saying that's a bad thing. I'm just saying is that that's the difference now. It's not more of, you know – it's not more so of of the team itself. It's just more so the players are being more self-focused on themselves. And to hear Giannis say that, you know, I'm not trying to build a super team, whatever the team does, that's what, I, you know, and rightfully so, that's the right mindset. He has that same mindset of being loyal to the team. But then he has to understand that if the team somehow trades them within the next two or three years, that you're being loyal to is nothing personal, but it's business. So he's going to learn. Um, and I'm not saying it's right or wrong. I'm just saying that overall, that's just the nature of the business. So now the business is that the players are more focused on what can I do to help win a championship. And Bobby Portis is a prime example because he took a pay cut to go to Milwaukee because he felt as though that they had the best opportunity and the best chance to win. When he could have got uh, more money and played somewhere else, where their goal wasn't to actually make it or may not have the opportunity to make it to the playoffs. So I think that right now, all these players now are so focused on what do they need to do for themselves to help win a chip. And for Bobby Portis, it paid off. may not pay off for some of the other people, but we know that that's the risk that these players are willing to take now. So whatever it takes for them to be a super team, so be it. Well, I'm happy for a dude like Bobby Portis, you know. I I, heard, I read a report that you know the Knicks was offering him like ten million dollars or something like that, but he mm-hmm. he went to Milwaukee for like three or four, you know, and he, he knew. No, he knew because they, once they brought Julius Randle in, he knew where he stood. Mm-hmm. And truth be told, like because I'm gonna be the first one to say that I was like, truth be told, they should have Bobby Porter's and Julius Randle playing together, but the Knicks being the Knicks had so many power forwards there, it wasn't working. So you're going to, so Bobby Portis had to share with Julius Randle, Taj Gibson. um, I forgot the other players, but um, the rookie now, Obi Toppin. So Mm -hmm. he knew that he could get much benefit from playing somewhere else and have that value. He risked on himself. He basically risked, on himself to get the championship he needed. And now, he didn't know that the Knicks were going to be as good as they were, or he might have considered staying. But um, I think that he felt as though Milwaukee gave him a better chance to win, and rightfully so. He didn't mind taking a pay cut to risk that to, to get more playing time, to get more value um, for the future down the road. So, And, uh, I'm, and I'm sure Milwaukee's going to sit there and say, you know what, we're going to give you a bump in pay. You know, and I, I, I don't know. I, I I mean, I think he got what he wanted, so I wouldn't be surprised if he also jumped ship too now to get the best value. I mean, I agree with you, but sometimes look how Golden State kept that little dynasty that they had there for a moment. It wasn't because some jokers were happy about the money they were getting paid, but they they enjoyed winning. <laughs> True. So sometimes, you know, you'll you'll sacrifice a little bit of winning to go in there and run it back. True. I can see Bobby Portis doing like a little two-year two year deal, getting a little bump in pay. 
if it doesn't work out after one, he has a little opt out and he can go somewhere else or get traded or do whatever the hell he wants to do. That's also true. But why not give it a shot? Why not? I think anybody who's on Milwaukee right now, I would think wants the opportunity to come back because they want to see Brooklyn in the Eastern Conference, Eastern Conference Finals. And they want to see Brooklyn be healthy and us be healthy. And let's just go at it to see who's truly the best in the East. Because clearly they are the cream of the crop, the cream of the crop right now in the East. So I would love to see them running back just because, you know, I know Kyrie is going to be hungry. I know, you know, Harden is going to be hungry. You know, Harden is going to be hungry. Mm-hmm. KD, he done tasted greatness. You know, he done tasted some championships. So he's like, all right, I, I know what it takes. Kyrie has won, but Harden, that's the one you got to be worried about. So I want to see the two best go at it. And I'm hoping to see me. I want to say Milwaukee come out on top just because we're better, we're younger, we're more athletic. You guys are a little bit older. And even though you guys are the, the, the creme de la creme, that will really valid, uh, validate Giannis's statement with super teams. True. No, I, I, I get that. True. I, I see what you're saying. Um, mm-hmm. That would be the ultimate showdown, regardless. Mm-hmm. That would definitely be an ultimate showdown um, because it's going to either it's going to either stop with the super teams or it, I, I, I wouldn't say stop. It will convince more players to f- not do a super team and convince them to focus on staying with their teams and build the right way. So yeah. it, it would be interesting to see. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm very curious as to see if it's going to happen that way, because truth be told, it's going to be. It all depends on where the chips lay, um, because who's to say that Milwaukee is going to face Brooklyn next year? Right. So. Um, it's just a matter of time. So we will see. But and the West is not out of the picture as well, because even though Phoenix now has the experience of being the finals, who's to say that they're going to be back? Um, so mm-hmm. this is going to be more interesting and more intriguing because there's not a true number one where it's a powerhouse. Both conferences is going to have a lot of competitive playoffs um, down the road, which will make it more enjoyable. So I think this was a win-win um, for the NBA as a whole because it still gave people the plenty of opportunities to see other teams um, go after it for the championships. And it may crave for a lot of players, I mean, a lot of fans now to see other teams um, challenge for the NBA championship now. So we will see how that goes going forward. Uh, so we can move, talk about the NBA because that's now over with. Um, we don't have to worry about that right now. So, now the focus is going. We're going to turn our attention a little bit to college football, um, with the college football playoff expansion um, coming, and um, the sport is going on on a, a big change. <laughs> um, another round of conference realignment may soon be on the horizon, and this has been going on the news for the past couple of days about Texas and Oklahoma have both reached out to the SEC about joining um, the conference. Um, just in case, you know, should the Big 12 powerhouses choose to lead their home league. So, um, Ace, let me get your thoughts about that. I know you are an avid um, college football um, fan. So let me get your thoughts about Texas and Oklahoma 
um, reaching out to the SEC about possibly joining them and leaving the Big 12? Obviously, this is a big cash grab Um, because the SEC, as we all know, for years, the SEC had a contract with CBS. Mm -hmm. Well, that contract is coming up at the end of 2023, and ESPN signed a multi-billion dollar, multi-year billion dollar contract with the SEC to host their games on ESPN. And that starts, I'm sorry. I think the CBS thing stops in 2024. Okay. ESPN goes to effect 2025. The Big 12 had an agreement with ESPN and Fox. That contract is up in 2024. And the contracts they had ongoing with ESPN died. And there's no more contract talk. Mm-hmm. So you decide a lucrative ass deal with the SEC. The possibility of a 12-team playoff. They're looking at it as from a money standpoint and the possibility of, okay, if we're in the SEC and we lose a couple of games, we still have a fact, you know, the chance at, at large bid because look at the games that we played. Mm-hmm. And they're looking at it from that standpoint. You know what? That's all well and good. But best believe, near one of them will ever run the gambit. Mm-hmm. No, sir. You know what I'm saying? Alabama run that league. As long as Nick Saban is there, it's Alabama's league. Georgia is no slouch. Uh, Florida is back up to where it needs to be. Mm-hmm. You know, if Tennessee ever gets his act together, Tennessee would be Tennessee. Texas A&M is balling. <laughs> I get it. Oklahoma, Texas get their recruits, whatever. But the bottom line is, if you want to leave a small pond being the big fish to now go to a big pond to be a small fish because you're concerned about media media dollars and all that good stuff, who am I to sit there and stop? Not at all. You know what I'm saying? So it's disappointing because it's almost like that you can't beat them, join them mentality. Yes. Oklahoma prove that they can't beat anybody in the SEC. They get their ass kicked by the SEC every time they're in the playoffs. So you're thinking if you can't beat them in a playoff game, you might as well go join them in their league. So do you think you're going to beat them when you're in the league? Good luck to you there, playboy. (laughs) That's what you need to do. By all means, go ahead and do it. But they're thinking that their footprint recruiting, you know, if Texas people or, you know, Texas, because their their pipeline is Texas, Oklahoma, or whatever. Mm-hmm. They feel as though if they, some of those Texas players that want to leave to go play in the SEC, think they're going to sit there and come to their schools because now they're in the SEC. But proof of the pudding is maybe that cat still wants to go to Alabama. <laughs> maybe that cat still wants to go to Texas A&M or Florida or Georgia, wherever the hell he wants to go. Just because now that you're in the SEC, Good luck to you. You know what I'm saying? Don't let the door hit your ass on the way out. Will it fuck up the, excuse my language, will it mess up the Big 12? Absolutely. Would the Big 12 dissolve? More than likely. Would that leave the other eight schools in disarray trying to find a home? Possibly. But am I worried about it? Not at all. Not at all. You know what I'm saying? 
if this is, if that's going to pop off, it won't pop off for at least another two, three years. I worry about it then. Yeah, but uh, uh, two less teams for your team to worry about um, in the conference. So that's another thing. Um, no, nah, but I, I I agree with you. I think that they're trying to join a powerhouse where they feel as though that maybe it will help them down the road. Um, they're looking at it as an investment at this stage. They're not getting anything from the Big 12. Big 12, to be honest, unless you even run the table, you're not going to get acknowledged um, as being one of those ranked teams where – you can get the opportunity to challenge for the college national, the football national championship. So I think that at this stage, you, like you say, if you can't beat them, join them. And right now this conference is at a point where the sec conference is like your golden ticket virtually to make some type of college playoff champion. I mean, playoff, you have the opportunity to make it to at least to the college playoffs. And I think that that's what they're looking at, which in will in, t- in turn um, increase more viewership, bring more players in, possibly um, rank players in, and it will just make it as an investment for them to be in a better position than where they are right now at the Big 12. I think that's their op- their ideal. Um, I don't know if it will actually benefit them at this stage, but I think that they're thinking of it as, the only way to get there is either to be undefeated straight through, and even if then, it's not a it's not an actual guarantee that they will make the playoffs. I mean, it's just another one of those little conferences trying to do whatever they can. Well, I will say this: there, it's it's one of those teams. Those teams are in a position where the little conference is not helping them where it should be. I think that if everything was balanced out, where the best teams from each conference were to go head to head. I think that they would stay where they were. They are, but if they don't get the opportunity, what's the point? Why not just join the conference where they would give them the best opportunity to at least make it into or in conversation as regards to the playoffs is concerned. But whose fault is that? Oklahoma been to the playoffs for three, three years, four years, yeah. and they beat the team that they got to play against in the playoffs. Whose fault is that? You can't blame the Big Twelve brand. No, I'm not, no, 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 it's, 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 it's your team. No, no, I agree with that. I agree with that. But my thing is, I guess they're, and I'm not playing, like, I'm not defending it. I'm just saying, mm-hmm. I think from their aspect, it's like, we can have a good record and an SEC, SEC team can have the same identical record, but yet they'll be in a t- talk for the playoffs while we won't even be in a conversation at all. So right. what they're trying to do is try to get in the, at the table. They're not like there's people that's always scrapping or sitting at the table. They're not even at the table yet. And that's, you know, with the championship or even in the playoffs. So they're like, what can we do to get ourselves at the table? The only way that can happen is that if we play, even though we'll get stomped by like Alabama and some of the powerhouses in the SEC, but if we have a decent amount of record, we will get into more of a conversation, maybe a bowl game than some if we were to be in the Big 12. I think that's their mindset. It now whether or not it will work, we you know that's only if this happens. But overall, I think that they're at a point where they're like, look, you know, we're Oklahoma, we're Texas. We may not have the best record in the conference, but we should at least be in some type of conversation in regards to rankings or something like that. But if we go to the SEC, we'd probably be ranked better than what we would be if we was in the Big 12. 
And I wouldn't be surprised if more teams start to look at that aspect. Excuse my French, but that's bitch paid. I'd rather them just come to the table and say, you know what? I can make $60 million a year in the SEC, and I'm only making $45 million in Big 12. I, I, I'm going to take my $15 million and go. Not, not I'm, not, I'm not worried about if I ever win this SEC championship. As long as I win nine or ten games a season, I'm guaranteed knowing I'm going to make the playoffs. I'd rather them come up and be 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 – Straight up and say some shit like that. And to be honest, they could be saying that. So I'm just, I'm just, like I said, I'm just like looking at different scenarios. But they could easily say, you know what? Big 12 is not giving us enough money. We're going to SEC where we can get more. But see, the thing about it is, yeah, the Big 12 out of all of the conferences makes the third amount, the third most money. Mm -hmm. But we put good product out there. I mean, granted, Kansas is, is some trash, but outside <laughs> of Kansas, you know, it's, it's a, top to bottom. You you take the you take the bad with the football team, but you take the great with the basketball team. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So it kind of rounds out when Oklahoma is great in bat great in football, but they're all right in basketball. Texas is good in football and they're okay in basketball. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's rare. SEC when it comes now from a basketball standpoint they may they may be better in the, considering because SEC is not really a basketball league you know they'll beat each other up but you know every every couple of years they may have a standout team like Tennessee was pretty good Arkansas was pretty good Alabama has been pretty good recently but you know Florida back when they had uh, the coach I think Bill something or the other, Billy Donovan. Billy Donovan. Yeah, Billy Donovan. When he was the coach of Florida, you know, Florida was nice in years. But very rare that you see uh, SET come out, SEC team come out of the, uh, the the NCAA championship tournament for basketball and you hear about SEC. So they might have some relative success there, but they may be the top third of the league in SEC in football but they'll never be the top dog unless Saban retires. True, but you're right. It could balance out with the other sports as well. Could mm -hmm. balance out with basketball. Could balance out with, um, like, baseball. You know, it could balance out with different um, – Oh, sports. well, the Big 12, when it comes to – when the baseball, the Big 12 is, like, one of the top conferences. Yeah, I know. Oklahoma, number one, is, like, is, is one of the tops in baseball. Mm -hmm. So, no, I get – yeah, so I, I get what you're saying. I, I what I'm saying is, is that you uh, you're right. It could it could balance out on the other sports where they may level up. Where if they go to the SEC, then they would be with the Big Twelve. So it it, it could balance out. But I think I, I'm starting to agree with you aside as far as the money aspect. It'd be probably more beneficial for them money wise to be in the SEC than it would be in the Big Twelve. I just rather hear they say their brass just come out and say, well, you know what. We made this in the Big 12. We stand to make this in the SEC. If they will take us, we will gladly leave. And you know what? I could only sit there and say, well, you know what? Kudos to you. I respect it. Go for it. Yeah. No, I completely agree. And I almost, I almost want to believe that if that happens, the Big 12 will try to, the Big 12 will try to go talk. Texas A&M, Missouri, 
Cincinnati, some other teams and say, you know what, why don't you leave the SEC? I know the money's good, but come over here, be the big dog in this. We'll finagle some shit. We'll try to get you some money and try to work some stuff out. I I, I have a strong, I have a strong belief. Nebraska would would gladly jump ship and come back to the Big 12. But they've they, been horrible when since they I mean money-wise is great, but they have not been competitive at all. They haven't yeah, you have not even heard anything from Nebraska. And that would be to be honest, that would be ideal for them. Come on back home. That would be ideal because if they were to come back, they would ease instantly become better off where they are. But mm-hmm. like you said, it's all about the money. So yeah, we'll, we'll definitely money. see. Sometimes money. Talk. Yeah. And money you tell us a lot more than sacrifice. That'll sacrifice your whole like football identity. You know what I'm saying? Because mm-hmm. you haven't heard nothing from Nebraska since the SEC now. So uh, it's like anything Nebraska, you'd be like, yeah, I remember them back in the day when they used to like run rough shot. Yeah. Corn used to run rough shot like deep. Now you just barely hear what they do now. So you don't hear crap. Yeah. They only won six games a season. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. You so know, and, they, and they're getting top talent. That's the crazy part. They're getting decent talent. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. I think I think they may they may be willing to sit there and say, you know what, we we manufactured. We got some good earnings from the Big Ten. I mean, yeah, from the Big Ten. Why don't we come on back home? Go back to where we should been. We should never left. And yeah, we might take a couple million dollars pay cut, but we'll be in a better position where we could play back in our in our geo, you know, our geo print, our geo footprint, and kind of go from there. Yeah, I mean, like you're right. There, there's two teams that they could easily take from, mm-hmm. like the Big Ten. Um, you could, I mean, you could. There, there, there needs to be some conversations because there needs to be some type of reorg in that, in that type of, I mean, if you could imagine a reorg that would benefit, that would be one of doing that in the NCAA would be interesting because that will definitely put some teams where it used to be powerhouses in positions to come back into that, mm-hmm. that prestige. So nice. yeah, definitely agree about Nebraska though. Nebraska definitely would be, Wow. Okay. Um, we could definitely talk more about um, the NCAA, but, um, but I'm pretty sure that there's going to be more teams that's going to be on the talks with other conferences to see where they at and see if there's any opportunity for them to move as well. So we'll continue to keep that up to date um, going forward. Um, but before we go, of course, we have to talk about the NFL um, dropping a policy about forfeits um, to the for teams that they're – we, they will be forfeiting games if anyone is if 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 the if the games is canceled due to unvaccinated players catching COVID. So, what that means is, is that the the NFL, the NFL right now is creating a policy to help you know to to protect themselves to protect the players. Uh, so, let me get your thoughts on that about the NFL dropping a policy. Um, so it's to help protect the vaccinated players from unvaccinated players catching COVID. So let me get your thoughts on that. I'm, I'm a firm believer. You know what I'm saying? Like if you had an employer and the employer said, Hey, you making decent coin with said employer employer said, yeah, you know, we've been working from home, but you know, if you want to keep your job, you got to get vaccinated and you make a decent coin. What you going to do? You're going to sit there and say, well, you know what, screw you. I don't want to get vaccinated, so you're going to fire me and then have to deal with the climate of trying to find a job? 
Or are you going to sit there and say, fuck, all right, damn, I don't want to do this, but you know what? I need to work. What you going to do? I, I think the NFL did a very smart move because mm-hmm. now it puts the ownerships on the players itself. Yeah, and, and to make matters worse, then they're going to sit there and say, you know, unlike last year with games being, you know, moved around, whatever, they understood that there was going to be no fans. But now the owners have to sit there and look about, okay, the game gets forfeited, which means the home team doesn't get whatever generated monies they're going to get from tickets, concessions, parking. Players are going to forfeit game checks because now you got the, the the majority of people on the team who are vaccinated looking at the two two jokers over there that didn't get vaccinated, and you're the reason why I can't get my paycheck this week. It's going to create animosity in the locker room, which may cause fights because, you know, these jokers only get paid during the regular season. They don't get no paychecks outside of regular season. They're 17 damn weeks or 18 weeks. They get 18 paychecks, and they got to learn how to budget that crap, and lots of them be broke as fuck come the summertime. They can't, they itching to get their damn paychecks coming so they can get some money back into their account. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's it's a lot bigger than just saying, oh, the fans might be disappointed. You know, if uh, Johnny B. Johnny B. Garbage sit there and not going to get vaccinated, but you're the reason why tw- 12 players got tested positive for COVID, six of them, which are the stars of the team, which are vaccinated, and they're all sick because of this joke over here. Mm-hmm. And, and because you get sick, you got to go through the protocol, you got to miss at least two games and you know, they're going to sit there and try to make sure that your, your respiratory is good and all that stuff before they'll let you play again. So you're talking about for one idiotic move for one unvaccinated player could cause paychecks for, I don't know, star players for three to four weeks. To some that's millions of dollars that they're missing out because they can't play because of that person. Oh yeah. It's about to get real up in this day. It's going to I guarantee Joker's going to start getting vaccinated real quick. <laughs> uh, I don't know. Because the only person right now I'm thinking that comes to mind because of all the news and his Twitter stuff has been Cole Beasley. And I, because I, he's the one that, he's that dude where he's like, yo, don't feel like I need to be vaccinated at this point. So I'm very curious to see what Buffalo is going to do and the players outside of, I mean, the, the Buffalo Bills players are going to handle this situation because truth be told, there's, no, there's a lot more players out there that feel as though that they don't need to be vaccinated right now. So I, I'm very curious, very curious to see how that locker room is because now you're talking about messing up their money. Can you imagine if that was the case like a week or two before the playoffs begin and um, they a team is on a cusp of making it to the playoffs and then drop two games because they had to forfeit because somebody on their team got contracted with COVID and didn't want to get vaccinated. Can you imagine the level of anxiety, the level of stress, the level of anger, the level of emotion that all these players will have on those with those players who are not vaccinated? Trupito. I'm very interested to see how this works because now you're setting it, you're putting it on the the players itself. The owners really don't have to do anything. They're going to let the players police themselves. And if they don't do what they're supposed to do, that's on them. And if the players don't handle their business, even with the, the, I mean, getting vaccinated, if they haven't, 
it's just going to be much more of a struggle as a team. And there's already going to be a division between the vaccinated and non-unvaccinated. So something's going to have to give. And this is going to open up a lot of Pandora's boxes. Like, mm-hmm. truth be told, because somebody's going to say something, it's going to rub it the wrong way. And like I said, Cole Beasley is just one of the many. So I'm just using him as a prime example because I know he's been vocal about being okay with being unvaccinated because he didn't know nothing about the vaccination. I mean, more, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Information about the vaccination itself. But that's neither here nor there. There's a lot of Cole Beasley's in different teams. I mean, diff- on different teams right now. So the question of the matter is, is that how they're going to come together? And this is going to be interesting because now that the NFL is mandating this, it's going to be interesting to see who does what. If the unvaccinated is going to finally accept it or whether or not they're just going to stay true to themselves and and make it work not stay true to themselves and make the situation a little bit more chaotic at this stage. Ah, man, look, I wouldn't be surprised that if people start getting whatever contracted with COVID, that jokers start getting cut left and right. You're gone. You're gone. You're gone. You, you know, you you want to sit there you, you, and you start. At this point, NFL owners chucked up the situation. They were just happy to have a season. They were happy to get media money, television network money, blah, blah, blah. But now when you start messing with the church's money as far as people not being able to come to the games and you're forfeiting, and I know I make generate $2, 3000000 million on a home game, and you're trying to tell me as an owner I'm losing out $2, 3000000 million because of your dumb ass, <laughs> you got to go. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now, I can see owners definitely doing that. Mm-hmm. Um, especially, especially if the players stay true to their word, uh, I really believe that players, majority of the players that hasn't been vaccinated, I think they're going to force themselves to get vaccinated. Um, they may not like it, but I think in order for them to get the check that they need, and since it's this livelihood, um, they're going to do what needs to be done. Mm-hmm. Um, I just don't see any NFL players saying, if you're forcing me to get vaccinated, then I'm just going to stop playing NFL. So I, I just can't see them doing that. I don't see any NFL player quitting because they didn't want to get vaccinated. Agreed, but you never know. Yeah, that is true. Some people may speak out. So like you said, you're right. You never know. Um, but before we also be dismissed, one quick note. I do have to say this. Um, for the people that's rooting for the U.S. in the Olympic team, I mean, in the Olympics, um, I know that the Olymp- the U.S. is heavily favored in some of these um, events, but truth be told, like, I would not be surprised if the U.S. doesn't win majority of them. Um, these international teams out there are very, very good. So if you see like the U.S. women's soccer team losing, um, I forgot to Sweden, I believe, um, 3-0, um, it's not going to be, there's going to be a lot more of those. Mm -hmm. So just be prepared. This is not going to be a dominating Olympics that everybody is thinking it's going to be. Um, There's going to be some games, a majority, I'll be honest, it it may balance itself out. U.S. may not be as great as everybody else is pegging them to be. And I'm not saying it as a knock to the U.S. I'm just saying that the international teams are catching up. So please be prepared to know that there's going to be international teams out there that's going to beat the U S and they're going to do it because of their skill set. The level is now different than what it was. U S doesn't dominate every sport like it used to. So be prepared to be shocked 
and amazed the fact that international teams are doing better than what we're supposed to be at this stage. I think it's much more balanced that way, which to be honest, I rather prefer because I love to see other teams that don't get the opportunity to win to win. That's just how I am. Like to see the underdogs win for, for a change. Exactly. Exactly. Like I'm, I'm be honest with you. I'm not going to be rooting for the U S for every little event that they have. There's going to be some people I'm rooting for. Yes. Don't get me wrong, but I would also like to see other, I like to see more of a balance. I like to see those teams that never get that opportunity to dominate or to win. Um, I'm rooting for Nigeria. I'm rooting for um, Pakistan. I'm rooting for everybody that don't have that opportunity to showcase what they can do because the international countries are definitely catching up. So, yes, I can still root for the U.S., but I can also root for other countries as well. It's just how it is. I'm a dual person. <laughs> well, let's be happy if the, the if the Olympics uh, even takes place. That is also true. Gets through the first couple of days because I hear the that uh that delta variant or whatever the hell variant is going on that gamma whatever the hell gamma. variant they're up to right now i think japan just had like 1900 new cases mm-hmm. just yesterday yes. rampant through japan yes yeah. that's where the god they better keep them damn people on them plane for two weeks yeah. <laughs> to be honest, I, that's why I'm i'm not surprised that some of the players the people that was going to go changed their mind like, I would not be surprised at that because let's be honest, like right now, where the Olympics are, it's not the best ideal place to be to visit, which is why one of the reasons why fans are not going at this stage or being banned, I should say, um, for being at the events. So if the fans are being banned at the events, like if I'm an Olympic person, I would really have to consider weigh my options if it's worth that risk. I mean, I'm I'm just being honest, and it's unfortunate because this is the world that we live in, it. and it's unfortunate because of the fact that in any other times we can all I mean everybody wants to enjoy the Olympics, everybody wants to be there to root for their countries, root for their teams, um, but in the world that we're living in, with the isolation and with the variant, the, the COVID variant running amok, like we have to be careful now. And truth be told, Olympics have to start preparing for those in case moments at this stage like i get it that everything was set for tokyo but may have to work on doing backups as well have a backup procedure in place or as we would like to say a disaster recovery um Mm -hmm. so that you guys if if one country doesn't work there's one that's in the in the uh, one country that's the backup where at least some of the stuff is set up so that if that doesn't work out fall back to your backup plan right Right. Just, I'm, or, and I'm just, yeah. or at least go to countries that have had previous Olympics where their stadiums and stuff are already built and they might just need to do some some minor upgrades or some some structure upgrades just to make sure that it's 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 functional yes. to run games. Yes. And I'm saying it not just because of the COVID. I'm just saying it's because you should always have a backup plan no matter what. Right. Because if anything was to happen, then you need to have a backup plan for that to happen. So I'm saying it as this is just one variable. There are so many other variables that can happen. So just be prepared. Um, and the Olympic Committee should know that they should need to be prepared going forward. I mean, right. one country is not always going to be the destinated place because you don't ever know what can happen. And that could be COVID. It could be an earthquake. It could be whatever. 
any natural disaster. So just keep in mind to have something else because you know that you don't want to cancel an event like this because of that. And it looks like y'all trying to continue on knowing that there's a danger in place with COVID. So just keep that in mind that if it gets to that point, know your level of risk and probably think about considering alternatives. That's basically what I just wanted to say about that. Uh, I don't know if you want anything else that you wanted to add, Ace. Uh, no, no, I, I I may watch, I guess, the openings. Is there an opening ceremony tomorrow? I believe it's today. I thought it was today. I don't know. I'll, I think it's like late tonight. Oh, well, no, I'm not watching it then. Um, I'm going to bed. <laughs> <laughs> but I will kind of tune in to see what's good. But Yeah, I mean, I'm I'll not- check. I'll definitely check out the highlights and root for some of the people. Um, I definitely um looking at you know gymnastics, of course. Um, right. I'll definitely watch the USA basketball, both men and women. Um, but and I'll check out some of the others events because I do like track and field. Um, but outside of that, I'm not gonna really watch it like with the keen interest because truth be told, um, I'm a busy person and, <laughs> and there's a lot of stuff that's going on. So with that being said, I'm about to my our time is virtually up. So Ace, let them know where they can find you at. You can find me on Twitter at CatDaddy1963. That's CatDaddy1963 on Twitter. And, of course, you can find me on Twitter, Instagram, I am Al Qualls. Twitter and Instagram, I am Al Qualls. You can also catch Guys Talking Sports on all the podcasts except for Apple because there's something I got to deal with them about. But you can catch us on Spotify, Google Podcasts, any other podcast. Um, just search Guys Talking Sports and we are there. Um, I'd like to thank Ace, of course. Um, missing our co-host Smooth. I hope you're enjoying your birthday, man. Keep doing your thing, of course. Um, appreciate all the love and support out there. Uh, continue to subscribe. Make sure you subscribe. All the people out there on YouTube Live, appreciate the love and support out there. Really do. But until next time, catch Guys Talking Sports next week. Same time, same channel. Actually, reverse that. Same time on Wednesday next week because we'll be back at our regular time. But same channel, same podcast, same everything, same live. So God bless. Have a good one. Take care. Stay safe. Get vaccinated if you don't. If you didn't get vaccinated and continue to wear your mask. Have a good one. Take care.